What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. How are you now? Uh, how are you now? Back to back, man. Back to back. Talked about it. The tail end of the last podcast. You know, this is a really tough, tough weekend for the Montreal Canadiens. Up against two of the best teams in the league so far this season. In the Boston Bruins, which they won on Saturday night. And then staying at home at the Bell Center against the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday night. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, look, we're going to get to the game. Um, I think I mentioned in the last episode I was kind of expecting this one to be a tough, 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 tough matchup for the Habs uh, back-to-back again, two of the best teams in the league. How many times can I say those exact words before I let it sink in that, yes, everybody understands how tough of an assignment that was going to be for this, uh, you know, young and... um, at times, very inconsistent Montreal Canadiens team. So, uh, look, we're going to get to all of that. We do have to uh, talk about some other things before we get started, though, and it is because the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are also all in full swing, and Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And speaking of games starting, uh, this one between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vancouver Canucks certainly did start. Um, look, it was a weird first period. Um, I can't remember seeing a period that poorly officiated. And when I say poorly, I mean they just weren't calling anything. They called nothing. They had plenty of opportunities. I think more against Vancouver than they did against Montreal. But certainly they were missing calls on both teams. And I, I don't know if maybe they went into this one with like a super low quota and they wanted to uh, save it for later in the game. Uh, but they weren't calling jack shit in that first period. Uri Slavkovsky had a really good opportunity early on in the game, uh, tried too hard to force a pass across and ended up not even really getting a proper shot on goal out of it. Uh, but then he recovered and he had a really nice period from there on out, uh, was generating some chances, looking very engaged out there. Uh, by the end of the period, no scoring. Uh, shots, 
favored the Habs. Attempts favored the Canucks. And I think scoring chances were a little bit in the Canucks' favor, but really not a bad period for the Habs. Uh, Again, on a back-to-back. No travel, of course, but um, the Canucks were also on a back-to-back, so you couldn't really hang your hat too much on the fact that they looked okay in the first period. And in the second period, that's where shit kind of hit the fan for the Habs. Um, They're getting some chances early on, but they're struggling to hold the zone for any extended periods of time. And then, you know, that inability to keep the Canucks in their own zone comes back to bite them about six minutes into the frame. uh, Just a quick strike for the Canucks. They cut through the neutral zone pretty easily. JT Miller gains the zone, throws it into the slot, and Connor Garland just stretches out to tip that one in. It's 1-0 for the Canucks, but a few minutes later... Christian Dvorak, he's up at the point in the offensive zone. Finally, the Habs able to sustain some time in the offensive zone. Gets it, fires a seeing eye shot through traffic. It's in. 1-1 is your score. But wait, we've got another fucking offside review. And turns out the zone entry before the Habs got some of that finally extended zone time, uh, it was in fact offside. Cole Caulfield was a full step offside. Really uh, poor officiating in this game. Honestly, I don't know how the linesman didn't catch that because it wasn't close. It wasn't one of those ones where you know you needed a replay to to really see it. Like it took them three seconds. They looked at the tablet, they saw it, and they went, yep, and then they skated over and called it no goal. Like, how do you not just make that call in the first place? And this really, really was a turning point in the game because uh, right after that, it's it's back to the drawing board for the Habs, and just a few minutes later, there's a scramble in the Habs zone. It knocks Jake Allen's stick out of his hands. Uh, he can't get it back. Puck gets out of the zone, but before Allen can get into the corner and get his stick, it comes back in, and it's Ilya McKay of gaining the zone and just firing a low shot, very smart shot to, uh, to throw when you know the goaltender has no stick, and uh, does that from the top of the circles, and it goes in, and it's 2 nothing Canucks. These fucking offside reviews are starting to become a real problem for the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, yeah, now it's 2 nothing, and then we get the first penalty of the game. Halfway into the game, and we're getting the first penalty. Uh, again, refs really reluctant to call anything in this one, and it's the Habs that are going to the box, and they need a kill in in the worst possible way here, and they get it. Huge kill for them, right? And the question was, is this going to be something that can actually energize them? And the answer is no. Um, late period after the kill. Connor Garland gets two shots. Both of them are stopped, but the second rebound goes directly to Dakota Joshua at the side of the net, and he puts in an easy one, and it's 3-0. That's your score heading into the third period. What are the Habs going to have to offer us in the third? We need to see some signs of life. And they get their first power play five minutes into that period. It only took 45 minutes of gameplay before they actually got a penalty called against the Vancouver Canucks. Wow, and guess what? Habs can't quite score on it, but Noah Juleson, former Hab Noah Juleson, gets caught for a high stick on Nick Suzuki, so we get five-on-three action for almost a minute. The Habs have to score here and they do they nearly get fucked by nick suzuki losing a skate blade his skate blade just comes out and uh so now it's like a four on three at that point but he manages to get to the bench they replace him Habs get it together they regroup a little bit mad scramble out in front and sean monahan just lays it out for mike matheson and he hammers it home on the power play that makes it 3-1 the habs have some life unfortunately that puck crossed the line after the first minor had already ended so even though it was kind of a five on three goal it was technically and it gets credited as a five on four goal which means they no longer have a power play and uh, then we get some bullshit from the officials Brendan Gallagher got hit from behind uh, it was you know it was an easy boarding call they don't call it he also loses his skate blades so uh, 
I don't know, maybe the Habs need to get a new skate blade manufacturer going because uh, that's two players in the same game that happen to lose one. But I digress. And then they go down the ice, and uh, after ignoring the boarding call against Gallagher, they get uh, Christian DeVore. No, it was uh, Justin Barron. No, it was Tanner Pearson for a uh, really weak slashing call. He kind of just threw a one-handed tap uh, to Elias Pettersson. And, uh, yeah, they call that one, but they sure didn't call the boarding earlier. So don't know what's going on there. Poor officiating. But the Habs, you know, can't really blame the officials in this one because they managed to kill that one off, so it didn't really hurt them. And uh, they can't really get anything going from there. They pull Jake Allen for the extra skater at the end of the game. Brock Besser scores to make it 4-1. Arbor Jackeye did actually gain the zone and uh, fire a sneaky shot that went off the post in and bounced out really quickly. And the Canucks didn't think it went in, but it did. And that made it 4-2. But then, of course, all that did was get Jake Allen back out of the net. Uh, and they got another empty netter, this time from Philip uh, Philip DiGiuseppe. I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, if not, I'm sorry, man. Uh, but final score, 5-2 in favor of the Canucks. Look, I don't want to let the Habs off the hook for the mistakes they made in that game, but if you if you sat through the two games, right? Let's let's just evaluate this weekend as a whole. Um, I, I think you have to agree that they played quite well. They played considerably better than anybody expected them to. Um, the, the Vancouver game, if we look at that one in a vacuum, yeah, there were definitely some issues. Um, I, I would have liked to see some better finish. I would have liked to see, uh, I would have liked to see them not get down on themselves after that offside review, uh, like they did, you know, if that game was one, one, I think it could have been vastly different. So maybe just don't be offside and, uh, and the offside reviews don't become a problem for you like they have been. Um, I don't know. All I'm trying to say is I feel like over the course of these two games, they played better than anybody could have expected them to, and we have to take that as a positive. Uh, So it's one win, one loss. Who really cares, though? Are we super wrapped up in wins and losses at this point? No. Uh, It's still number one. Even if you do believe that they could make the playoffs, it's still really early in the season, so there's still plenty of time. Um, And number two, if you're like me and you don't think that they're really going to be challenging for a playoff spot this year, then you shouldn't give a shit about wins and losses in the month of November. Like, it's not a big deal. We, we got to look for something positive. We got to look for, you know, what can we take from that game that um, maybe we can bring into future games and see some progress from some of these players. And I think that's a good segue to the silver lining of the night. And for silver lining of the night, it's tough for me in this one because I want to give it to a few different guys, but I'm going to give it to Uri Slavkovsky. And I know that's going to sound weird. Some people are probably punching their steering wheel as they drive because of course you, if you watched the first period and you saw the chance that he screwed up on um man it, it was pretty ugly and uh, i put a clip of it up on my twitter and i had a bunch of people uh you know just insulting the kid and it's almost like they just saw that clip and then they went okay his game was shit if you actually watch the rest of his game i thought he played really well he was creating out there um he was getting very engaged physically uh he's he's going into corners he's playing like the gigantic person that he is and that's something that just was not present in his game last year um soft was the word that many people would have used to describe his play last year um keeping his head down far too often right and getting absolutely obliterated by the opposition i mean there was a point actually in the second period where he took a hit from tyler myers 
And Tyler Myers was the one that ended up skating off looking like he was injured. He stayed in the game, so it wasn't anything serious for him. But um, you're, you're seeing your Slavkovsky start to use his physicality. And I think a lot of that has to do with him just seeing other players coming because he's starting to keep his head up. Uh, so he learned a big lesson there. And uh, the other thing that stood out was he had like five or six shots on goal in that game. Um, if he can continue to have that shooting confidence to keep putting the puck on the net first of all if you want to go back and talk about that uh the the missed chance in the first period really what i would like to see him do is take that shot instead of trying to force the pass across um and he started doing that after that. so i think even in that game he actually learned from his own mistake which is it's what you want to see from him right now so silver lining of the night is that you know not necessarily his production because it wasn't really there from a point standpoint but the ability of of Slavkovsky at least to recognize some of the mistakes he's making and start making some some positive changes in his play and I think that's what we saw and you know maybe this is a clunky way for me to get through my my silver lining of the night but I think his play is is worthy of being a silver lining and I can give you some more as well we don't have to stop at just Slavkovsky um Mike Matheson I felt had a pretty effective game he did make some plays that really frustrated me like he had a calendar month in behind the net at one point with the puck and he's just staring standing there and he's looking for the play and then what does he do he just slaps it around the boards and it goes directly to a Canucks player and I was like what the fuck are you doing man you had all the time in the world to make a play there and you just decided to weakly slap it up the boards what are we doing what do we do you're the most experienced defenseman on the team right now man you cannot be doing that but then of course he jumps into the um, jumps in in the offensive zone and gets that that big power play goal for them. Um, he was very effective in in puck movement uh, in transition. He was one of the more effective players in the night. So um, I'm I'm liking what I saw from him in that game. Uh, it, it's good to see him trending up a little bit after he had a bit of a rough patch. So I hope that continues. Um, Jake Allen, you, you also got to say Jake Allen was probably deserving of silver lining in that game. Um, he made some really nice saves. Uh, he made a big pad save in the third period. Uh, when they were killing that that last penalty, that it gave them a chance. It, it gave them a chance. And, you know, to what degree did they really have a chance in that game? I don't know. But Jake Allen, he did everything that he could to put them in a position uh, to, to go after a win in that one. So um, there's three players that I felt um, played really well. And um, unfortunately, I, I do have to talk about some, some negatives. And, um, you know, one of the things is they, they might need another shakeup in their lineup. Cole Caulfield is still without a even strength goal. And, you know, I I don't necessarily think that that line was bad, right? He was still playing with uh, Christian Dvorak and Uri Slavkovsky on the second line. I don't think it was bad. I really don't. But at the same time, I don't think that it's, I don't think it's working for Cole Caulfield very well. And I think that he's a guy that they need to get going. And, I wonder, you know, maybe should they consider trying Sean Monahan on that line? Um, that wouldn't be a too big of a shakeup. It would still allow you to continue with your new hook uh, Suzuki Anderson line up top, and uh, you just do a simple flip of the centers and see if it makes a difference. Because Sean Monahan's off to an incredible start to this season, and yes, your third line's been very good, and yes, it would be difficult to break that line up. But I feel like you need to try and jumpstart Cole Caulfield here. Uh, at five on five and I think maybe Monaghan might be the way to do that I don't know I'm grasping at straws here really for a suggestion um, I think it's something that they should consider because 
you know, now, like I, like, this is what I said when they first did the shakeup and we, we saw them have a really good game. And I said, all right, well, let's run with those lines for this murderer's row that they're going to have on Saturday, Sunday and see what shakes out. And, uh, you know, the Bruins game, everything went really well. And then in this game, not so much. And, uh, still in both games, we're seeing Cole Caulfield, uh, struggling to put the puck in the net at five on five. And, uh, I'd, I'd like to see them try one more little shakeup like that just to see if, if maybe it has the effect that I'm thinking of. And if it doesn't, you can always go back uh, to the lines as they were. Um, I don't know. I just, I'd like to see a little bit uh, more opportunities for him at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, other than that, everything was fine. Everything was fine. There's not anything to really complain about in that Vancouver game. Like You, you have to admit Vancouver got a little bit lucky, right? That offside review, yes, it was offside, but it wasn't directly influencing the goal. It's not like the goal came immediately afterwards, right? Um, it, it, and it is, there, there is a measure of luck that the linesman didn't make that call initially because after you play through that and then you get the goal and then you get the goal overturned, it's, it's disheartening for a team. And you saw that the energy got sucked out of the Habs for a little bit. And then Vancouver goes down and scores completely changed the complexion of the game. So you got to admit the Canucks got a little bit lucky. Frankly, they're a team that's been getting lucky a lot this season. Um, it's it's not like the Habs got robbed in that game. Uh, so at the same time, I, I can't sit here and say, even though I want to say Vancouver was lucky, I can't sit here and say, oh, the Habs should have won. Um, it, it's it's a, it's a fine game for them to lose, and they lost in a fine way. I, I would have liked to see better, but I'm not... I'm not going to sit here and be upset about that one because, you know, they had that masterpiece against the Bruins the night before. So I know they're capable of better. I know they'll probably bring better in future games, but I think we have to resign ourselves to the fact that uh, until this team is really ready to go, uh, we're going to see some games like this where they just leave a little bit to be desired and uh, they get a little bit unlucky. And uh, yeah, it it is what it is. And um I'm not upset. I don't think any of us should be upset. I think we should just take this one on the chin and uh, move on to the next one. So hopefully a little bit better effort coming up for them this week. But at the same time, again, not really that much of a problematic game uh, for me. Um, Canucks continue their tear through the league to start this season, even though they lost against Toronto the night before. So um, I don't have much else to say. Uh, Again, shitty to lose. Um, Didn't really mind the way they did it. And, uh, you know, it was also nice to see Arbor Jack I get a goal at the end of the game there. I feel I felt like he, he's deserved one for a few games now, and then uh, he gets one. And of course, it's garbage time, so it didn't really help him very much. But, um, he, you know, it was, it was nice to see him get that. Uh, I appreciated it. So I think I'm going to cut it off there because this is two episodes in a row. I'm sure everybody's tired of listening to my ass. Uh, what are we running? Uh, about 18 minutes. So, hey, c'est une soirée. Uh, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.